So wait, you're not you're not having a beer? No, I'm not having a beer. I'm having a glass of water. That's that's very sensible. I'll let you listen to the opening of my beer. There you go. Whoa, whoa. No, that was that was not very satisfying. Actually. Sound effects, volume two. You're listening to Corona Life. I'm Cam Robinson. I think it's safe to say we've all been reeling over the past week or so as the coronavirus, COVID-19, has begun to make a profound impact on all of our lives. Again, like most people, I reckon, my mind has been jumping between worries about my job and livelihood, my health, the health and well-being of those I love, you know, and many other things. Now, the natural reaction for me, and probably for most of us, when trauma like this occurs, is to want to talk to people who are going through the same experience. If we get fired from work, break up with a significant other, or break an arm, we tend to seek out conversation with others who have been through, or ideally are going through, the same kind of experience. Now, it occurred to me about a week ago when I was staring at empty toilet roll shelves in my local supermarket in Balham, London, that literally everyone I know fits that bill. Anybody I could possibly call would be going through something very similar. And that led me to really a bigger revelation that at no point in human history has this ever occurred before. I mean, sure, we've had major pandemics, wars, and other such global trauma that have impacted the majority of people on Earth, but never in a technological age where talking to someone thousands of miles away is as simple as picking up a phone. Or more accurately, in this case, booting Skype, forgetting my password, doing password recovery, promising my computer that I'm definitely not a robot, and then clicking on someone's name. And that is what Corona Life is all about. Every episode, I'm going to speak to a person or people in a different part of the world and try to find out about what they are going through and frankly, to help me and you, I hope as well, to understand what is happening and reckon with it in some way. My goal is to chat to people of all ages and a wide variety of cultures and walks of life all around the globe. Yeah, it's an ambitious project, but hey, I'm probably going to have a lot of time on my hands. So back to that sound of me slightly failing at opening a beer. And the other voice? Well, that's my friend Stephen. Tuesday, 17th of March, 2020, 8.35 p.m., Copenhagen, Denmark. So, so Steve, um, tell me, where are you right now? Uh, Right now, I'm sitting uh, at the dining table in my flat in Copenhagen. And are you you self-isolating? Are you, like, what's the situation there? Yes, I'm self-isolating. Right. Uh, but <laughs> uh, I've I've gone I've gone out. Stephen. Oh, I'm so sorry. I went out for some fresh air. Went down to Copenhagen's by the sea. The sea's very beautiful. So wait. So when when you see yourself isolating, what are the what are the rules, or is it kind of suggestions, or what's the situation like? Um, what are the government kind of advising or telling people to do? Uh, the reason why. I- I wanted to, to meet with you now is because I've just finished watching the news and yeah. the Prime Minister of Denmark and the Queen have just been on television. Coronavirus. 
updating us uh, about what we should and shouldn't do. And there was a lot of debate today whether or not there would be like this um, curfew uh, and that Mm -hmm. actually didn't happen. And there was a lot of questions and debate about it to the Prime Minister as well. And she was very clear in saying, uh, we trust you to... um, can I keep a good distance between people? We also And you immediately went outside. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> I was like, I thought I'd go outside before it to get all my outsideness done. Nice, nice. And well then done. I was like, okay, then I'll come home and I'll watch the, the, the Prime Minister and the Queen. Here in London, we wanted hope and forstrusting and good mood. Basically, it's like, don't go so close to each other. You can go outside. Um, and you can see that people are actually trying to keep a bit of distance from each other, like cycle around one another, or like when we stop at the traffic lights, there's so many bikes that actually we, I've seen people like hold like a couple of meters distance when usually it would be jam packed. So I think generally speaking, people are abiding by it or creating their own rules. How, how do you describe like Denmark's response so far as someone who lives there? Like, has it been, because obviously across the world, different countries have been responding in different ways. Some have been pretty quick to bring in some quite almost draconian kind of rules in the case of places like France. And then some places like the UK has been a bit slower in the uptake. So how is kind of Denmark being relative to everyone else, do you think? I think they've actually been quite good. It was timely. Um, I was I was in the States when all this kicked off. I was traveling last week uh, and I didn't give a care in the world to the news. But then when they started to uh, talk about uh, travel restrictions, um, uh, my friend and I made a timely decision to come back and then it just escalated. But I actually feel that the government over here have done it in a progressive way and also in a way that makes sense so there isn't uh there isn't a curfew but they have now shut down as of 10 o'clock tomorrow which is a bit of a shame uh for local businesses and small business owners but they're, they're saying cafes bars uh, restaurants um things like that need to to shut down obviously you were in america for the for the beginning of it but since you got back i guess in a way maybe you had a more dramatic change but how has this kind of changed your day-to-day life um do you know the first thing i wanted to do and it was kind of strange was reach out to people my actually my girlfriend's traveling in vietnam just now Mm -hmm. and uh i've been on flight tracker today because she's managed to get a flight back from the tour operator um, so my first concern was for people uh, and almost that extended into like who I was with, making sure that they were okay. And beyond that, I feel we've come together a bit more. We're all nervous and worried about our jobs and our livelihoods and stuff like that. But it feels like it's maybe triggered a little bit of a collective spirit in all of us. It's not mm. It's not super like pure right now. <laughs> it's, it's delicate. <laughs> yeah. Like there's just people re- reaching out to one another on any sort of messaging tool that we have at work. But um, closer to home, uh, I'm in an apartment block and we have a Facebook group. Really? Yeah. And people oh, are just <laughs> sort of saying, watch out, there's the shops running low and toilet roll around the corner. <laughs> <laughs> This is going to assume some sweeping generalizations, but is this like is this kind of in keeping with normal Danish society? I don't really know what normal Danish society is like, but are, do people kind of keep themselves to themselves or is it quite 
um, inclusive or, you know, is this like a new, a new way of operating, do you reckon? Denmark has a good way of branding itself. Uh, oh, yeah? it, it really is very good at talking about hygge and coziness and oh, yeah. uh, the happy, Hygge, one I of remember. the happiest nations on earth. In reality, it's kind of just the same, same but different. You know, people yeah. joke about the fact that they'll peek out of their door to make sure nobody's in the stairwell before they go out. And by and large, I think that's what's kind of similar about any big city. Yeah. So what kind of what kind of things are the government doing? Because like literally this evening in the UK, um, they're doing these daily um, kind of like news updates, which is is, is pretty good, I suppose. But um, you know, they were talking a lot about measures to help small businesses and all that stuff. So what's what's Denmark been doing like broadly? I don't expect you to have all the numbers. Although you did just watch the news, so maybe you do. But um, like broadly, what what's happening there? Um, what's really interesting here is that the people who offer jobs and the unions and the government actually have already withstanding agreements to kind of resolve issues. And that goes way back in Denmark's uh, workplace history. Um, it's oh. a very strong, strongly unionized country, which is quite different to other countries where maybe unionism is on the wane. It maybe isn't so pronounced here. Um, and the government have offered to uh, basically, if people need to be off sick or stop working, they'll guarantee up to, I think it's the first 26,000 kroners of your pay. Um, so roughly, what's that in like pounds or euros? A couple like, of thousand pounds. Let's just say that. Okay. Yeah. I'm not too sure about euros, but essentially... Right, it's pretty much the same these days, mate. So. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> whether or not the specifics I'm right on, and my understanding is that there is a kind of a safety net there. Right. We, we pay money to this state quite a lot in tax actually so it, mm -hmm. it, it kind of makes sense that there is that opportunity for kind of a safety net as well as all the usual stuff and I think by and large it feels like a lot of European countries are doing the same you know they're offering loans they're helping small businesses out they're doing all of that kind of stuff um, they also just bailed out or are starting to bail out with the Swedish government the national air, airline which is Scandinavian Airlines so they're doing stuff and it feels I don't know quite interesting as a, a bit of a lefty myself to yeah. see that when 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 things really do kick off that actually they need to make some more um let's say progressive decisions one of the things i just can't help find fascinating in a a worrying and slightly scary way about this global COVID-19 pandemic is how the country in which you currently live will have a huge impact on your experience and your life over the coming weeks and months. Because after all, not all countries are responding in the same way. And that's something I'm hoping to highlight as this series continues. How are you finding it like on a, because it's obviously a very strange time, but like, I mean, obviously you've lived in Denmark for what, how, eight, eight years now? Oh, is no, it? no, less than that, about no? four, less than? four or five years now. Four or five years. My concept of time is, is horrendous. <laughs> okay. Um, four, four or five years. So, I mean, obviously it's your home now. Basically, how, how is it making you feel? I'm, I'm more worried about what it does to Danish life. Um, mm. In the short term, very much so. In the longer term, I'll see how it plant puts out pans out but um there's a six months of the year when it's really crap weather and dark and it being close uh -huh. and with people indoors is kind of part of the culture 
Uh, and if that changes and is affected, uh, then I'll be really worried. The benefit is that we've got summer coming up, um, but still people like to be together. Um, so that's, for me, one of the biggest things. Um, as a foreigner in a country, it, it, it's already alienating. Uh, you know, you don't get all the, the, the kind of the, the in-jokes and, and mm. the kind of, you don't really understand necessarily how governments are going to react. But I've been following it quite closely, and actually, I think they've been, again, by and large, kind of doing similar things to most other European countries. So that helps. Mm. And I'm checking both the news in English and 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 in, and in Danish to see to see how it varies. Yeah, for sure. And and how are you dealing with like thinking about what's going to happen next? And first and foremost, I really want my girlfriend to to get back. Yeah, from, of course. Yeah, yeah. From from uh, from her holiday. Um, it was already, uh, you know, um, Vietnam was already on a kind of a yellow list and I wasn't 100% sure, even when she gets back, how long I could then wait until I have to see her, a 14-day quarantine period. But actually now that the whole world is one great big warning, um, that kind yeah. of 14-day quarantine is just applying everywhere. So she's going to come quarantine with me, which is good. Um, so I'm just keeping my eye on a nice. flight tracker to make sure it lands. Oh, so when did she get in then? Um, she'll get in at about three o'clock in the morning uh, European oh, time. So going nice. to let her go rest, get her stuff, and then and 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 then come to come nice. to me. Uh, back of the mind stuff is just wider, uh, you know, economic fear. You know, if the person doesn't get paid who drives the delivery van to the shop with the milk, mm-hmm. then there's going to be no milk. So it's like. <laughs> What, yeah. do, yeah. what, what well, do I do? Effects, totally. <laughs> and uh, interestingly, a side fact, um, Denmark really doesn't do UHT milk. I've not found it anywhere. But, uh, did, did, but nobody wants UHT milk. It's <laughs> terrible. Not, not in the past, but now everybody that I speak to is like, where's the UHT really? milk? Where's the crap milk? Oh, man. Um, almond milk sold out, completely sold out. Um, bog roll really? still available not all places but oh, people are oh. I think people are generally not as panicky here I think yeah um, okay. stuff just runs out a bit more frequently um, I went to the shop the other day and the vegetable section was empty but there was tons of other stuff yeah that's weird because like over here it's been more the um, like the non-perishables the pasta but then weirdly the supermarket I went into had no pasta and no ketchup and then like, is that what people are planning to cook, you know? Like, it's not very aspirational. Now, I mentioned that Steve and I are friends, but we're actually old friends. We met in school, we lived together for a couple of years after university. He even briefly went into business with my dad while at high school, which was bizarre. I say this because, being honest, Steve is one of those old friends And in a way, I hope we all have friends like this, who, despite a really long and strong friendship, in the daily busyness of normal life, we've kind of fallen out of touch. It's actually quite interesting that we never call, we we used to call each other. I'm pretty sure I've called you in our lifetimes. We definitely have. Because like we've had a range to do stuff, you know, like I sound like an old person now, but like, you know, like we'd ha- I'd have to call you up and say, "Is Cameron there?" Because <laughs> we're going to like go somewhere, and it's and it's and it's strange that I've become scared of it all of a sudden. Like not all of a sudden, but over the past yeah. fifteen yeah, years or something totally. like that. And actually, there was a little bit of a fun thing. Like um, I've got a, I've got other friends, Cam. I'm sorry. What? But, <laughs> Outrageous. But you know, Ed and all that who are still back in London. Yeah. Um. They they were like, should we arrange like uh like a like a 
group, like a WhatsApp or a video, a FaceTime thing where we mm. all have a beer and stuff. And people at work were already doing that. We usually have like Friday bar is a big thing in Denmark where you'd go and you'd have a, a soft drink or an alcoholic beverage at three o'clock on a Friday to kind of let the week wind down. And people were missing that. So they started to do it digitally. And I thought that's quite a nice... Uh, I don't know. Yeah. It feels that, yeah, of course, I'd love to see you and the rest of the gang and chat. and Yeah, we should, we should do it. In normal life, like, you know, everyone's really busy and everyone's out doing things. And like, yeah, I would have been at a gig tonight if it hadn't been cancelled because of coronavirus. And like, people people are busy. But people are going to have more, are going to, in theory, I mean, I say people broadly. I'm sure if you have children um, being self-isolated and stuck in one location is going to be a very different experience. But if you don't have um, like a young family, then you're probably going to have a lot more time. Cash, do you think that it's going to be an excuse for certain governments or organizations like public sector organizations to um, institute new rules or regimes that maybe they wouldn't have been able to do if this hadn't happened, like permanent things? Oh, I hadn't thought about that. Um, I mean, you know, actually, I think the things, maybe I'm being optimistic here, but I feel like the things that will come out of this when it's all over is it will really, because there's going to be countries who deal with this well, and there's going to be countries who deal with this poorly. And partially that will be decisions, partially that will be luck, partially that will be just circumstance, I guess. But my hope is that it's going to shine a light on the importance of a social safety net you know, yeah. Um, that that's again, that's my personal politics showing, but I hope that. But I also hope things like it's going to prove how we, how so many people can actually work from home remotely. You know, that is an option for many people. Well, the main reason I'm saying it is because one of the questions that was asked to the prime minister in Denmark mm. just a mere hour ago was exactly that. There's a constitution here, and it's you're allowed to gather. Uh, and the police, ah. the, the, the police need to be informed, but they don't give you permission. Uh, it, they can't stop it either. They can only tell you where to do it if it's a safe, if there's a safety concern. It's a very specific part of what's called Grund Law, which is the kind of fundamental law of the country. The idea that more than 10 people can't gather is potentially a risk mm. to freedom of speech. And there was a, a, a question from one of the journalists who's actually a politician who's a kind of a right-wing politician who didn't get into parliament at the election last year, he was in asking the Prime Minister questions as the press. And he's known for assembling people together with pretty disgusting views. Uh, and he was asking the question, then surely this laws that they've introduced over the past couple of days is, is, uh, is an infringement on, on, on their rights as Danish people to, <laughs> to come together. So there was a, there's still a lot of debate, even though these things are getting pushed through. In, in Denmark, freedom of speech is very highly valued as well as many other countries. But here it's like really... That's uh, interesting. They're very precise about it. I reckon, Steve, that we should continue to chat like this just with the that they're recording next time but that'd be lovely because yeah we don't we we ha we don't chat very much on the phone these days uh we always see each other every year at christmas and it's lovely so yeah let's uh let's keep this going 100 through, through the foreseeable corona times 
Thanks for listening to this first episode of Corona Life. Now, one of the challenges of doing a podcast in a highly volatile situation like this, especially a first episode where editing and and finding the format takes longer than you would like, is that things change rapidly. And they have. In the week since Steve and I spoke, for example, the UK has massively altered its tack, offering support for businesses who can't work. And as of today... The country is in full lockdown, and that means schools are closed, all non-essential businesses are closed, and the majority of people are only allowed to leave the house to buy essentials and for one form of exercise per day. I mean, these really are unprecedented times. However, all that said, I'm going to try and finish this first episode on some good news. I think we all need it. And that is that Steve's girlfriend has landed safely back in Copenhagen, and they are now quarantining together. If you would like to get in touch for any reason, you can email at coronalife at zohomail.eu. That's coronalife at zohomail.eu. All music and sound effects in this episode are from Artlist, where we have a license. Finally, a big thanks to Steve for being the first ever guest. I'm Cam Robinson. See you soon for episode two. You can win it in the right direction, you can ask it not to call, but change is coming, coming, I change.